All right, we just got done. What? I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is it okay? Yeah, gonna, we'll leave that in. Go ahead. <laughs> Josh is trying to mess me up. And it we, worked. He did. This we, episode's not about mental toughness, no, so it's fine. No. We just, and we're in a different space. Let me just start off by saying that we are totally in a different space. We are on a um, recording on a pool table. Yes. And so, anyway, so. Yeah, which. Yeah, no, it's yeah, just a different setup. Different we have setup. to, you know, sometimes things happen, scheduling conflicts it, happen, and we have yeah. to mix it up. Yeah, the interview went really good, but this isn't going well so far. No, not at all. <laughs> I know it's it always feels weird because well, this is the first time we've ever had to do this. Yeah, where we had a guest come in and we had to last second mm-hmm. uh, move location. location. Um, worked out well. It did work out well. It, it is super hot. I almost, I almost said something completely different <laughs> that I shouldn't have said. It is super hot in here. It is muggy in here. Yeah. Anyway, we just interviewed um, Blake the Beast McKernan. Did I say his last name right? You yeah. didn't. You got it. Um, he is a, um, oh my gosh. What's so he's a, he's a um, Army veteran, and yeah. he's also a WBU cruiserweight Cruiserweight. Champion. I was trying to think of that word. I was like, what weight champion is he? Cruiser. I, I know. I always feel dumb because when it comes to I fighting, I don't know. Oh, I don't know anything. We should have asked him. I, I, I don't anything. even know what cruiserweight, what oh, we didn't ask him that. weight okay. is and all that okay. stuff. But, but to be honest, <laughs> the reason we didn't ask him that is because um, there were so many more important oh my gosh, weighty was, things to talk about. Um, he's got yeah. an incredible story. To be honest, like, and then, like, he walked in and he's just like, you know, he's this big, like, you know, macho, like, boxer guy. I'm like, he seems like he'd be super quiet, mm-hmm. you know, not like just kind of a little more reserved and a little more just that's just his demeanor. But right. oh my gosh, he had so many so many cool things to say at the yes. end i was like why are we here we don't he could have done the interview without us he could have absolutely just talked <laughs> we should have just given him the mic it's like here you go right, and we'll, we'll go, post go. it no it was just really incredible stuff he's got a, a really incredible story um and he talks about how that shaped him into the man he is now into the the boxing champion that he is now um and just a lot of a lot of good stuff i usually i joke around with my guest our guest i don't know why i said my that was very possessive um, yeah our that guess. was rude. <laughs> I think I'm going to quit now. All right. Really? I'm no, I'm just kidding. I already gave my two weeks. <laughs> you promise? No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> no, um, I tell our guests when we have a guest that comes in and they just, just bring fire. Yeah. It makes my job easier and harder because when I cut their there one minute promo. The well, this part I do. Oh, do. this so, is you know, <laughs> your part. Okay. <laughs> it's my part. Okay. I'm a yeah. You're right. You no, do that. That's you're, okay. Josh I, does all I the carry, editing. I don't do anything. I don't. Nothing. He does all that part. She just gives me headaches when we record. <laughs> so, but no, when, when we put out those promos, those one minute promos, right. like during the interview, you kind of have to scan through the, the whole episode to find, okay, what would, what would best exemplify this episode? And sometimes when a guest comes through, they give me way too many options and then I have to make that difficult decision. Like, okay, which one do we use? Mm-hmm. This is definitely the case with this episode because he just had a lot of really great things to say that any coach or athlete can take and apply to whatever sport they play. Totally. Yeah. You know, so, right. um, yeah, it's a really good one. You guys will enjoy it. Yeah. And make sure, uh, he'll, he'll mention all of this in the episode, but make sure you watch his upcoming fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was October, October 25th, 25th yep. um, on UFC fight pass and at silver legacy casino in Reno. Um, you know, make sure you support him. He's from Sacramento. Um, really good dude. Born and, and raised. I, born and raised. Yep. And, uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Yep. See ya. Bye. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you're ready. Yeah, you're ready. When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard. Coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life. In their life. In their life. Get this.
Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I am Deb McCollum. And today's guest is an Army veteran and the WBU cruiserweight champ, Blake the Beast McKernan. What's going on, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I'm not going to lie. Everything inside of me wanted to do like the Bruce Buffer, you know, intro you in, but I'm like, I always, I always jack up the intro, so I'm like, I'm not going to do it. But everything, just so you know, I was going to try to give you like a really big intro. So we'll keep it simple yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially since we're in a weird setup today. Yeah, we're in a different we're studio. So when you guys see the pictures, uh, we're actually recording on a pool table. So yeah. this is. <laughs> hey, we improvise. We're flexible. We just have to make it and happen. And so is Blake. So uh-huh. it works. Always. We, yeah. we can't let scheduling issues uh, slow us down. In fact, we were supposed to have, have you on last week. But then you had some. Uh, yeah, you know, I caught that flu that flu. was going around. And, Everybody's uh, getting it. Man, I was bedridden. I, it was horrible. I, man, my, I don't uh, wish that on nobody. So yeah. How, <laughs> how does that mess up your like training schedule and stuff? Does it doesn't like, really mess things up, you know. Fortunate enough for me, it happened this early in the camp. Okay. So I was only a few weeks in. Um, you know, today was my first day back because I was sick last week. I normally work out six days a week, two to three times a day. So I missed about a good four or five days of training, but mm. all in all, you know, allowed my body to get some much needed rest. You know, obviously mm-hmm. when the, the universe or our bodies are talking to us, it's always good to listen. So right. I just mainly try to hit the sauna, sweat out whatever it was that was inside and just really uh, took an advantage of, of some much needed rest that I rarely get enough of. But, uh, you know, today was my day one back in the last week since I, you know, I've been feeling better. Still not 100%, but feels like a world of difference good you know that's interesting because a lot of athletes <laughs> even you know at your level of um just eliteness if that's even a word um are they're stubborn when they get sick or when they're injured and they just want to kind of push through it so um that's uh it's very smart of you to take some time off because i'm always yelling at my athletes to rest when they're sick well usually when yeah. i'm sick you know i'll definitely i'm very hard-headed and stubborn at yep. times i'll try to push the envelope a little mm-hmm. bit further than i should mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, I think for me, you know, the older that I've, I've gotten, the more aware and the more I try to listen to my body. You know, the biggest thing that caused me to do that is uh, about a little over two years ago, I had two major injuries. I tore both of my biceps. Oh, and, oh uh, both of them. Both of them, my left Ooh. and my right. And uh, both of them were torn three months apart. So, you know, I was overtraining mm. because of the fact that I just love being in the gym and I always had that mindset that if I'm resting, my competition's outworking me and I'm never going to let that be possible. Mm-hmm. So I was pushing things way too hard and never gave myself enough adequate rest and I ended up tearing both my biceps. Um, so ever since then, I've really tried to listen to my body a lot more. Oh, I'm like, I'm touching my biceps. I know, right now. I'm I can't, like, I can't that imagine feel? what that would be like. I can't. You couldn't even lift your arms. Okay. No, that's wow. brutal. Hey, so we, we made a full recovery though, man. And we're, I guess we're so. where we're at right. now. There you go. Yeah. So, hey, Good. we definitely want to jump more into that, yes. but um, we can't let you uh, escape this podcast without doing our warm-up questions. We have some warm-up questions for you, yes. Um, so and just so you, sorry, just so you know, though, yeah. so uh, we got <laughs> connected to you because of Michelle Dapper, who was one of our previous guests, and uh, I'm not going to lie, and she would admit to this, that these warm-up question, questions really messed her up. <laughs> she, yeah, I gave her, they were hard, apparently, Michelle. Come yeah, on. but she an, she answered <laughs> later, so just just brace yourself, man. Okay, there's three of them. I'm pretty sure I can answer anything. Uh, okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> I like the confidence. Put me in the hot seat. Yeah, that's go. right. Um, hopefully this one's an easy one. Okay, question number one. Are you a listener or a talker? A combination of both. 
Okay. Okay. In order to be able to conversate with somebody, you have to be able to listen to what is being articulated and coming your way before you can respond with a great answer. Boom. That's good. It's simple as that. Podcast is over. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just stop right I, there. That's yeah. all I need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. That was good. Okay. Number two. Number two. If you had one extra hour of free time a day, how would you use it? Spend it all with my son. Aww. I'm always so busy, and I know I have my son here with us in the studio right now. Well, the, the pool yep. table the room. Pool table <laughs> room. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm always so busy during the week. You, you got to think most parents rarely get to spend enough time with their children. During mm-hmm. the week, parents are working. Even though my work is a little bit different, I'm always mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. You know, I rarely get enough time to spend with them. So if I had an extra hour every day, I would just get an extra hour nice. just to spend it with them. There you go. You hear That's that good. over there? <clears throat> You're listening? He's listening. No, he's, he's like, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe it. He's yeah. Like, that was good. Okay. Yeah, number three. Um, before I ask this question, I didn't even do my research. Is the Amazing Race still a thing? Is that still? I think it's still, is it show. still on that show. I, I couldn't even. Show? I couldn't even tell you because I, watch I never watched TV. I don't. Okay. We're gonna do say you know yes. what that show is though? I do. The okay. Amazing Race. It used to be where people traveled all over the world. Yes. Had yeah. To, you know, were, had to be bilingual or go through yep. certain tasks that yeah, advanced yeah, yeah. to the next level. I remember, you okay. know, when I, many, many years ago <laughs> many when years I used ago. to watch it. Yeah, no, I'm saying, okay, I didn't know. I'm saying I don't really watch TV anymore, so. We'll say yes for the, case, okay, uh, for the sake yes. of okay. this question. If you could be on that show or would be on that show if it's, if it was, if it's not a thing anymore, who would you choose to be as your partner? Oh, that's a good one. I think because I'm such a physical person, I have that aspect taken care of. I would want to get somebody with a little bit more bronze and brains than what I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very street smart person, but when it comes to book smarts, uh, there's a lot of things that I'm not uh, that articulated at. So um, if I had to name one person right now, there was a, 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 a woman and man that were like mother and father figures to me. Um, Laura and Gary Luke and uh, her husband Lori which was like mom to me her husband is actually a rocket scientist for NASA so I would Uh, I would have to bring Gary Luke with me because this guy I remember being in junior high and our first time doing algebra or whatever we were doing and this guy just he's so smart like you feel dumb having a conversation with him (laughs) man Everything goes over your head. I feel dumb (laughs) hearing you talk about him. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I would definitely have to bring him. Okay, that's a good. That's a a solid team too. Definitely win then. Just you think so? Wow. (laughs) And then you survived. You You survived survived. the warm-up questions. Always. Everything. That was it. That's it. Oh, dude, that's nothing. (laughs) I'm I'm used to being put in the hot seat. Can I ask him Michelle's question that she struggled with? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. And then if you get it, you can just brag. Yeah, Michelle struggled with if you could choose um any song that like is about like your life song what kind of song would it be or what oh. title would it be what's Ooh. your life song i think that's what i don't remember how yeah, yeah what's your it. what's your life what song? what, your life song? what oh, so it wouldn't have to be an artist it would just, just have to be song. like a made-up song what would my title no, be of the song like like a song that's already out there yeah like what song would you pick yeah that was her she was like i don't know Look, I I have so many favorite songs, but I couldn't even name one. I'm 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 defeated by that one. Dang, okay. I, I can't even name two one. in a row. Well, you got to think like there's so many songs that come to right. come to mind, and then a lot of the times people don't even remember the names of the songs mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. But if right. they hear a song, they can name the artist. Right. That, that's a very on the spot question and a very deep <coughs> question. So. Well, yeah, I don't a, think most people ever tough. even think about that. Well, hopefully oh, they no. will now. If I had right. to like 
think of a name to name a song about my life, it would be the triumph because I've triumphed over so many obstacles and adversity throughout the course of my life. And I'm still standing, even though, you know, I shouldn't be alive right now. Mm -hmm. I've survived a lot of things in life that should have killed me. And, you know, everything that we go through in life is all about creating the person that we are today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's actually, so that's probably a good, (coughs) first of all, we're going to keep that question for everybody else because that's a tough one. Michelle ended up coming up with like, uh, one of her coworkers said, won't back down by Tom Petty. Yeah, so. she came back here like a week later. She a week mes- later, though, She so. messaged me. She's like, I found it. Someone found it for me. Oh, she <laughs> like, got back to you a week later? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you like think that. of something later, let us know. But that's actually yeah. a good, you know, what you just said, though, is a kind of a good yeah. way to transition into our, our next question. So we want to go, we always like to go back with our guests. So before boxing, before you were, you know, you, you um, served in the Army, uh, what was your athletic background? How, where did you grow up? All of that. So I actually grew up, it was funny, we had this conversation right. walking in here. I grew up mainly in Citrus Heights, Fairhope's Orangeville area cool. when I was a, a young kid. And, uh, you know, I'd always been very active and loved sports. You know, I started off um, when I was only two years old and started swinging golf clubs. So golf was the very first sport that I picked up, then soccer, basketball. And, um, you know, then we get to boxing, you know, when I was just a little bit older than my son when I was 10 years old. When I was growing up, I used to get picked on all the time when I was in school. So I always had a lot of built-up frustration uh, because we grew up so poor. I never really had the nicest clothes. And uh, I got picked on all the time. So I was always getting suspended from school. And a lot of times the schools or the teachers didn't understand the reality of things when I was facing at home. Being at home um, was part of the reason why I loved being involved in sports so much because it was a way for ex- me to escape my reality. The reality of my situation of being at home was I had a mom that was addicted to pain medication. So she was pretty much a sleeper in bed my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really have very many fond memories of my mom. And so um, 10 years old, I was constantly getting suspended from school. My mom, probably not wanting to deal with me, ended up dropping me off at a boxing gym in Roseville, which is still there today. It's run by uh, Nasser Navaroni. It's called Navaroni's Kickboxing. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was the very first gym that I started at. Nasser was the very first boxing coach I had. And, you know, 10 years old when I started attending there, you know, um, I first saw my very first Mike Tyson fight. Mm. Watching it on Black Box. I'm not sure how old you guys are. If you remember Black Box, it was a way that we used to be able to steal free premium sports and Um, movie channels. Used to? Yeah. yeah. Well, (laughs) hey, anybody can steal anything now. But, hey, this was back in the 90s, all right, when when cable was a big thing. We just had a regular cable box. Yeah. But I uh, remember my very first time seeing Mike Tyson fight, 10 years old. I was instantly in love with the sport, and I wanted to be just like that guy. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, <laughs> that's, that's interesting <clears throat> that you said that you're, you know how you say you don't have very many fond memories of your mom, but your mom's the one who dropped you off at the boxing place. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic there. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I haven't seen her talk to my mom in over six years. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. never see her talk to her again, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But, you know, that is, if, sh- if I had to be thankful for anything, I'd be thankful for that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, so at what point did you decide to uh, <coughs> join the Army? So I ended up joining the Army when I was uh, 20 years old. 
Okay. So the whole thing throughout my life, I grew up in the 90s. So growing up in the 90s, I used to always see the Army commercials of all these Green Berets, armies painted, become an army of one. Yeah. And um, I just always thought it was so cool. I always wanted to do that besides boxing. Mm-hmm. So fast forward all throughout my life, when I was in high school, my mom ended up kip- kicking me out of the house. I had nowhere to live. was trying to go to school and was working a full-time or a part-time job at the time. Ended up having to drop out of high school to work full-time to support myself. And, um, you know, I got to a certain point, you know, around that time, my dad got incarcerated and sentenced to a consecutive life sentence in prison. Mm -hmm. Started, you know, just running the streets really wild and doing a lot of things that, you know, weren't really going to get me anywhere in life. So I got to a point to where I was 20 years old started to get in a lot of trouble and I just started to think myself like this is the time for me to make a decision that's going to make a huge impact on my life and change the whole course of my future so I ended up going into a recruiting station right here um in Fair Oaks right over by Bella Vista High School Mm -hmm. and I remember walking in there asking the recruiter when I first seen him I told him I want to join the army he said what do you want to do I said I don't know I just want to do something really cool (laughs) and uh I just I need to leave as soon as possible he said how soon do you want to leave I said today he started laughing and I said I'm being dead serious I need you guys to save my life right now and uh he didn't really think that I was being for real when I said that and he started laughing again then he realized that I wasn't kidding I told him I said I don't know whether I'm going to be in jail or dead next week I need you guys to help me change my life Mm -hmm. And uh, the following week, they took me to get my GED. Two weeks later, I was off to basic training. So long story short, joined when I was 20 years old, but that's kind of the whole uh, recap of what forced me into that decision. Wow. That is, um, (coughs) that's commendable that you went out, that you did that yourself, that you're like, I need, something needs to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes someone has to like pull you and like kind of force you to change. But for you to be able to recognize that you, you want something more and better for your life mm. and to actually go in there and that's brave because you don't know where they're going to put you. You don't know what you're going to do. But for you to be able to do that, that says a lot of things about you. That's I cool. just, I need know that I needed some structure, mm. you know, not having a father figure around throughout most of my life, you know, it really took a toll when I really became an adult or becoming a man, you know, you need that, that strong male figure presence there. And I didn't have that. So, I knew going into the military, it couldn't hurt me any more than I was already hurting because I wasn't really doing anything productive. I had a great job, you know, was living on my own. But behind the scenes, what a lot of my own family didn't even know, I was leaving a secret, living a secret life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not too proud of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, everything throughout life, this is how I view life. You know, we should never be mad about our past unless we're not happy about the present. Everything that we go through throughout the course of our lives are what create the people that we are today. And, you know, I'm proud and happy that I had to go through all the good and the bad things throughout the course of my life. Because when I wake up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror, I'm proud of the man that I am. That's great. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Um, you, sorry, before it leaves yeah, yeah. my mind, yeah. you mentioned that, um, <clears throat> that you have a, like a, mother, a, a, a mother figure and father figure kind of in your life. Can you talk about them and how they came into your life and how they influenced you? So, Lori and Gary Luke, I was actually grew up with their daughter. We were born just a couple weeks apart and grew up in the same neighborhood together. So, um, 
their family was just like kind of one of a handful of families that helped really kind of nurture and take care of me throughout the course of my life. And um, Lori, you know, I've always had a really close relationship with Lori and a lot more than Gary because he was always working so much. But Lori was always like a great motherly woman, positive male f- or a female figure there for me that, you know, no matter what I ever needed, even though at times I didn't want to call her, if I ever needed anything, I always knew in the back of my mind that she would always be there for me no matter what. You know, that was just one family. You know, we also... Right next door to them, I had um, another uh, family, the Brassard family, Mike and Zuli Brassard. They were another husband and wife that were great, um, you know, role models for me throughout the course of my life. And, uh, you know, I'm very beneficial, and it was very beneficial for my life to be able to cross paths with them at such an early age. You know, I was a knucklehead, though, I'll tell you. I was a knucklehead when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, they really helped you know, help me in ways that I don't even think they realize. Wow. So they were kind of there. They've been, they've been kind of there throughout the course of, like, your childhood? Like, throughout my whole life. That is yeah. awesome. And everybody is blown away that I've turned out the way that I have. Because, yeah. you know, I know it sounds funny, but everybody used to always think that I was going to be dead or in jail by the mm-hmm. time I was an adult just because of how I was living, you know, and the things that I was going through at such an early age. Wow. Nobody ever thought that I would be – a huge up-and-coming superstar, big professional athlete. Nobody would have ever thought that. Wow. Which is always cool when you can <coughs> yeah. when you can look look back or when they look back and they think. It's always like they do like a double take. Where it's like, no, that, that can't be the same Blake that we used to know back <laughs> in the day, right? It's oh, like, I get it all the time. I yeah, run I'm into sure, people yeah. from my childhood, and they're like, dude, I can't believe you did it. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, dude, you literally did everything you said you were going to. Ever since I was my son's age, used to walk around, tell all my friends, family, walk around the neighborhood, I'm going to be a, a future heavyweight world champion. You did? Nobody, yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've been awesome. visualizing this since I was just a little wow. bit older than my son. So wow. fast forward, here it is now, 20 years later, I've wow. turned that dream into a reality, and it, it becomes more of a reality fight after fight. Well, not only, it, not only is it, sorry, not only <coughs> is it hard enough to do that, to be, you know, a young kid and, oh, this is my dream, this is what I want to do. It's hard enough to get there, let alone go through all the stuff that you went through, I'm sure, and then you have to overcome that to get to your dream. That's just crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think, um, and I'm sure you know plenty of people that, you know, in those situations, when you grow up in that type of environment, when you go through the things that you went through, um, there's kind of two options, right? It either breaks you or it, it makes you stronger in the long run. I'm sure you ha- you know people that have stories of the exact opposite of where you're at, right? Absolutely. You know, there's there's always two paths that we're given in life. You know, no matter what happens, there's always going to be a path that is going to take you back or another path that's going to take you forward and mm-hmm. excel you to where you ultimately want to be. And, you know, there's so many different paths in lives that will ultimately lead us to our end, in, end destination, but mm-hmm. it's all about making the wise decisions on taking the path of least resistance, if possible. You right, know? right. Well, that's what, so obviously this is the char- <coughs> character combine, so we talk to coaches and athletes about character. So how, how would you define character, personally? Character is a huge thing for me. You know, character displays showing somebody if they're, tr- you know, somebody that is a loyal, somebody that's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, character... We always say, you know, first impressions are everything, and that's true. You know, usually, like, if somebody were to tell me certain things about, oh, hey, I don't like Josh, you know, because of this I reason. I don't either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people were to say that about somebody, I'm like, okay, that's cool that you dislike him. I'm going to find out for myself. Yeah. You know, I want to see right. 
what the integrity and the type of person, the type of woman or man that that is. You know, just because certain people have certain experience with, experiences with somebody doesn't mean that I'm going to get the mm-hmm. same thing. We always in life evolve and grow. I'm not the same person I was a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm always evolving, and a lot of people are like that if they m- allow themselves to. So, you know, character is a big thing, and um. You know, it's something that really shapes my whole team that I have right now. All the guys on my my team are great, you know, men and women of character and uh, people that I can really depend and count on. That's awesome. Which is cool. Right. That just, what you just said makes me want to go in a bunch of different directions, but. um, That's something new. We never do that. Never do that. That happens all the time, man. Um, So I'm not super familiar with the boxing world, but I know that the whole world of boxing, there are parts of it that are more challenging. Like the business side is a little bit more challenging, right? And you come across people that may, that don't have your best interest in mind. It's all about- the A lot bo- of people. Right, <laughs> right, exactly, right? And so it's kind of it's kind of known for that, right? So the whole, th- everything you said about character, how difficult is it to navigate those waters of the boxing business world? And also, you know, you're, I feel like you're constantly looking at, hey, does this person have character? Can I trust them? Does this person have character? You know what I'm saying? How difficult is that? It's very difficult, you know, because a lot of people will smile to your face, Mm -hmm. but in the back of their mind, they just care about burning you and making as much money off of you as they can. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still at a very (coughs) early age in my career, even though I'm excelling at a really fast pace, but it's only going to get worse, you know, and Mm -hmm. you have to be able to cross paths with people that have pure and the right intentions, and the way that I do that is structuring a well-rounded team around me of people that are going to be able to catch things that I don't catch. It's almost like a fight. (laughs) You guys are sitting from the outside ring looking in, watching me fight. When I'm involved in the situation, you guys can see different angles and different things that I can't see because it's right in front of me. Mm. That's how I, I want my team to be. I want them you know, to be able to look at things from a different dynamic and a different perspective to be able to see and pick up on certain things that I might not be able to catch on right away, you know, and because of that, because I know that I have a well-rounded team around me and it's only going to get stronger the further that we go, people can try to manipulate me any way that they want, but because I'm going to have such a great circle of people around me, it's going to be a lot harder to do. Sounds like a great support system. (laughs) Absolutely. That's smart. That's smart. That's good. How did you, um, okay, so how did, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but how did you get from the army into like where you are now? Tell us that part of the story. I, when I signed up for the army, I had still been training all throughout, you know, my teenager years and early adulthood. You know, I trained with different coaches, different gyms, but you know, um, I stayed on top of it and stayed uh, persistent with boxing. So. Initially, when I signed up for the Army, I wanted to fight for the Army boxing team, Mm. but I had enlisted as infantry. Mm. And, um, you know, the plan was after basic training, (coughs) when I went to my um, first duty station, which was Fort Hood, Texas, that once I reported in, I would have to speak, I guess, with my commander to get sent to Colorado Springs. Because I got sent to a uh, rapid deploying unit, which is 1st Cavalry Division, it's one of the most rapid deploying units in any branch of the military. We were getting ready to deploy back to Iraq, so they needed as many bodies as they could. So they unfortunately didn't let me go. But, um, 
you know, I just I waited for my contract with the Army to get up. I did three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to, again, always tell everybody that was in the Army with, I'm going to be a heavyweight world champion. Wow. And uh, I still have all these guys that <coughs> follow me on social media, reach out to me today. Dude, it's very inspiring. I can't believe you did everything that you said you were going to do. That's cool. Yeah. When did you, uh, who gave you the nickname The Beast, or how'd that come yeah. about? <laughs> so the nickname The Beast was something that initially started in the military. Okay. I was a machine gunner, so I was always, you know, in really good shape. Carried a lot of ammo, all the big guns, you know, things like that. So because of how I went through our exercises, our workouts, people were like, dude, you're a beast. And then, you know, after the military, when I got out and came back to Sacramento to start pursuing boxing again, the amateurs, same thing. All the gyms I went to, people were like, dude, you're a beast. So over time, it just stuck with me. Okay, nice. Um, So this, I'm really interested in this. I think Deb will also be interested because Deb does um, strength training for athletes. Okay. Um, So... You, so you're kind of we'll, we'll talk we make sure we'll make sure we'll talk about it at the very end about your upcoming fight but since you're in the you're in the middle of training what does a typical training day look like for you from wake up to when you go to sleep so wake up for me usually starts about 6 30 in the morning okay. wake up get my son ready for school take my son drop him off at school get to the gym by 9 a.m by 9 a.m to uh 10 30 i'm doing strength training weight mm-hmm. training mm-hmm. Uh, by 10.45, I drive down the street and start my uh, strength and conditioning training with my coach. And that usually goes until 12.30. Mm-hmm. Recover, eat, do cryotherapy, um, you know, massages with Get Me Goings. Um, see my chiropractor, Dr. Z in Roseville. Um, alternate which, you know, what I'm going to do on what day. Go and pick up my son at 2.30. Come home, eat, rest, back to boxing from 6 to 9 p.m. Get home, 9.30, relax, you know, shower, eat dinner, whatever, in bed by midnight, repeat the same thing the next day. Okay. (coughs) No wonder you got sick. Your body's like, stop for a second. It's like, hey, man, what are you doing to us? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. What's the food look like for you during the day? For me, I always eat pretty good. Uh, I should be eating better at times. But for me, um, it's a lot of fruit, protein Mm -hmm. shakes, Mm -hmm. you know, chicken, turkey, fish, things like that. Got it. Do your coaches um, tell you what to eat and, and give you like a meal plan or are you just kind of on your own? That's everything I've done. You know, I went yeah. after the military. Uh, I used my benefits to go and get an education. Nice. So I went to cool. college. Cool. And, um, you know, one thing I was always fascinated about, which it goes with my career, is kinesiology, mm-hmm. sports medicine, there physical therapy. So, you know, I, I learned I was always into reading magazines and into physical fitness mm-hmm. all throughout my life. So I always read up a lot. And then, um, you know, after going through and doing those courses in college, you know, it really kind of uh, solidified my my training mm-hmm. uh, in that aspect. So um, I pretty much know everything that I need to do. If I have questions, I ask friends of mine that bodybuilding, yeah. you know, other professional athletes, things like that. Very cool. You use your resources. Always. That's good. Awesome. That's great that you went back and <coughs> got an education in something that is yeah, important sure. to you and that's interesting to you and that benefits you in the boxing well, world. Well, so many obviously. people go to school for what their parents want them to do. Right. Or if they don't, everybody goes to school for what? Business. <laughs> yeah. I was going to go for, to school for business. I was like, forget that. Like, I actually, this is my opportunity, my decision to go to school for whatever I want to do. Hmm. So I didn't even know what kinesiology was at that point. 
I didn't know that's what the name of it was. Yeah. I just was talking to a VA counselor because I was using my VA benefits from the military, and everything I said, she's like, oh, yeah, you need to do kinesiology. And I was like, boom, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I bet how much did that, how much of that was a game changer as far as your boxing career? Once you started learning about the body, learning about, you know, kinesiology, I'm sure that must have had a huge impact. Well, yeah, I'd already known a lot. Yeah. You know, it just kind of helped solidify my further um, training, you know, what I learned about the body. But for the most part, you know, I had already known a lot. You know, yeah, yeah. for me, reading up on the books, outside of school is where I really learned a lot you know I was just talking to my conditioning coach about this today one of the greatest books that I've ever even seen or read about physical fitness still till today the Arnold Schwarzenegger encyclopedia Mm. that thing right there is like eight or nine hundred pages and even though there are tactics from like the 80s and 90s the things that worked for them were still tools that are working till today you know and like going through that whole thing it goes from dieting nutrition Mm -hmm. workouts um what type of workout regimens you should be doing it it, it's like the bible right of physical fitness and uh you know that was one of the greatest books that i ever read about kinesiology and i'm guessing there are no like diet fads in that book Oh, definitely not. Okay. Yeah. Is that, I mean, yeah, I was going to say. Well, because it's like that book sounds like I have never read it. I've heard about it. I know I know but, a lot of guys that have. Yeah, well, yeah. and it's, it's a science. Your body's a science. It's, it, it is, it's like the, you know, the truth about your body. So that's why I, I always tell my softball girls I can't stand when you guys talk about these diets. It's not going to work. You just need to go back <clears> to the <throat> basics. So that's smart of you to research up on that. Absolutely. That's awesome. So is there um, – was there ever a possibility or maybe interest on your side to do like MMA instead of boxing? Or was it, has it always just been boxing? It's always been boxing. Okay. You know, I always get that misconception. People look at my build and they always think because I'm a bigger guy that I look more so like an MMA fighter. I've been hearing that oh. for the last 10, 12, 14 years. But yeah. wrestling, you know, and everything about MMA, you know, I have a lot of friends that are here. Uriah Faber, mm-hmm. Cody Garbrandt, all these guys from um, Team yep. Alpha Male. Right. That do that. And there's nothing against that. I just I was never into it myself. Sure. Um, I've always been more into striking, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I've just always been in love with the sport of boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to go with that, though. You got to go with your strength. and Absolutely. And, yeah. and your passion for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a um, I don't know how to ask this. Who's a boxer that you admired the most as you're growing up? And is there a specific fight that like one of your favorite fights not yours personally but like one you watched two fighters that you know i really you know got me into this sport of boxing that i admired growing up mike tyson and roy jones jr okay yeah you know and it's actually funny because i'm getting ready to headline one of my biggest fights yes. on roy jones jr card so um there's not a particular fight i remember the very first fight that i saw mike tyson right. he was fighting i believe it was uh vander holyfield mm-hmm. the first one and, uh, you know, then I just – that was the very first boxing fight that I ever saw that really captured my attention, you know. And then ever since then, I just used to watch fights all the time. But, you know, without a, without a doubt, you know, Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson, two of my favorite fighters of all time. Nice. Well, and like you said, it, that must have been a crazy uh, feeling to be on the, the Roy Jones Jr. Uh, this upcoming fight. Yeah. So Absolutely. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, I had my last fight. Uh, just a couple months ago, not even a couple months ago. Um, and right after that fight, I had been contacted by 
uh, a good friend of mine that I had met through boxing. His name was Joey Gilbert. And Joey had told me, he said, hey, man, I, we, there's some big things coming up. I'm definitely going to put your name in there, see if we can get you some fights and keep you busy. And then um, <laughs> here it was just the following week after my fight, Joey Gilbert hits me up and asks me if I wanted to fight on a show that he was uh, co-promoting with Roy Jones Jr. on UFC Fight Pass and said, absolutely, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Yep. And uh, he ended up putting me in touch with a gentleman uh, named Guy Taylor, which okay. is somebody I haven't physically met in person yet. Um, but he ended up just three days after my last fight had me on uh, the website, what they call Box Rec. It's a way that for you to track every professional boxer's record for past fights and upcoming fights. They've had me on that ever since as headline in their show. Wow. So, Wow, congrats. Hey. Friday, hey. October 25th at the Silver Legacy Casino Resort and okay. Hotel uh, in Reno. I will be headlined as a co-main event for nice. uh, Roy Jones Jr. Promotions and Joey Gilbert Promotions on UFC Fight Pass. And, you know, I'm looking forward to going out there, putting on a great show, going 14-0. There you go. And uh, seeing what, you know, is in store next. That's awesome. How exciting. Your little boy self is like, yeah, right now, huh? Your little yeah. Boy self. yeah. <laughs> I think for me... <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, you know, the most rewarding feeling is having my son by my side throughout yeah. the whole way. You know, ever oh. since I had just got out of the military, my son was born the last month that I was in the Army. He was born November fifteenth, mm-hmm. 2010. I got out of the Army December um, 2010. So here it was just my son was only a couple months old here. We moved back to Sacramento in January. I used to bring him to the gym with me every day. He would be in a car seat. Mm-hmm. You know, he was set him next to me while I was jump rope and pick him up. Yeah. He would watch me while I was shadow boxing, hit the bag, whatever. He's grown up in a gym setting and seen me ever since this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now here it is that he's old enough. He walks me out to every fight. That's so cool. That's awesome. How That's fun. very cool. That's awesome. <coughs> is there a um, is there a regimen you do or go through the day of a fight or the day before a fight? Like, are you superstitious about something? Oh, it's good. Superstitious. <laughs> I just so I just did an interview with Channel 10 and Channel 13 News from my last fight. And one of the guys that uh, had asked me that same question, and for me, all throughout training camp, what allows me to train so hard is in the back of my mind, I tell myself that I'm going to lose. And the reason I do that, the reason I do that is because it causes me to push and train so much harder. And I always tell myself, like, I'm going to lose this fight. And it caused me to keep on pushing to train harder. And then as the weeks lead up to the fight, I get stronger and stronger physically and mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and just everything all comes together. And come the day of the fight, you know, Mike Tyson had a saying. He used to always say it, you know, as he was walking to the ring, he used to just allow his confidence to get stronger and stronger. And once he stepped foot in the ring, he felt like a god. That's very much how I feel. That's a true. Com- that's a true competitor right there, because <coughs> competitors don't like to lose. <laughs> so for you to right. tell yourself that, then that fires you up. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. I wasn't. I'm not gonna lie. I was not expecting you to say that. So that's yeah. very interesting. I think that's good mm-hmm. for um, for all the athletes and coaches to hear because that's a just a lot different. Cause you feel like people yeah. want to eliminate from that, that from their mind completely. Like they say, you know, don't think negative thoughts. But right. so, I mean, sometimes that works for some athletes. Right. Right. Who right. need to like have positive affirmations, but for some people, it's like no, like I need to be um it almost keeps it keeps you on edge 
Absolutely. It keeps you fired up, yeah. No, and like That's what crazy. you just said about positive affirmations, I'm somebody that people might take it as arrogance, cockiness, <laughs> whatever. I eat, breathe, and sleep, supreme confidence. So everything that I do is I speak everything out that I want to happen into existence. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to say right now, people can take it as arrogance, cockiness, whatever they want. I don't care. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, October 25th, I'm going 14 to no. There's no weapon or force on this earth that can deter or stop somebody from achieving their destiny. Once our minds are made up and our minds are set on something, there's nothing anybody can do about it. We're always going to be our own worst enemy. And, you know, other, on the other aspect of things, other than, you know, going through training camp, the reason I tell myself I'm going to lose is because I remember growing up all throughout my life, everybody always told me, like I mentioned a moment ago, I was never going to be anything when I grew up. Nobody ever thought I was going to do anything productive with my life, mm. even my own family. Everybody thought that I wasn't going to be anything. And because of that, I just constantly remember all these people, the faces, the voices in the back of my head that always told me I wasn't going to amount to nothing. And that fuels me into coming up with this this vision of everybody telling me that I'm a loser and that I'm going to lose. And I refuse to allow that to happen. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's, I mean, <coughs> that's a... Um, I don't even know how to word this, but that's a you totally taking your life into your you know in control in your own hands because a lot of people will just crumble and cave and say oh I guess I am and like make that as an excuse right to not work hard but um, so yeah I can. I'm walking out to the fight. It's kind of almost in a sense like a fast forward, but and I fast forward and remember all these traumatic experiences ever since I was my son's son's age at a very early ch um, you know going through my childhood, teenager years, adult years, I look at everything, all the obstacles, all the adversity that I've been able to overcome throughout the course of my life. And if I've been able to overcome all the things that I have that where we don't have enough time for me to cover my own story, mm -hmm. when people hear my story, they're like, holy crap, like I can't believe that this dude has overcome all the things that he has and he's still a positive person. You know, yeah. and I've always been one of those people, like if positive or negative, I'm always going to turn the negative into a positive as a learning experience. Either A, one, teach me something about myself, or B, teach me something about other people in life. And at the end of the day, it's just going to grow to one of my strengths. That's great. You're <coughs> I just thought of a nickname for you, Off Ring, and it's Hope. Hope. Oh. <laughs> off the ring, not in the ring. That's not very, you know, manly, but Hope. Not so much, but that's all right. <laughs> Stick with the beast in the ring and for, <laughs> and for most of your life. But yeah, that, that's the man works of too. many nicknames. Yeah, there you go. That could be it go. too. So, hey, man, um, we want to be respectful of your time. So we appreciate you coming through. Um, something we like to do with, with our each guest that we have is we like to kind of just give you the floor and say if there's anything, uh, any advice, any final thoughts that you have for either, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot to high school coaches and high school athletes. In one little, one final thought that you might have for anybody who's listening. No, the thing that I would want to say to everybody listening, first of all things first, you know, thank you to everybody that's ever been there for me and supported me throughout the course of my life and throughout my journey. You know, I wouldn't be here and be on this path if God didn't want me to. You know, even though I always tell people I'm a man of God, you know, I'm a man of many mistakes. You know, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes throughout the course of my life and always tell people I'm a perfectly imperfect person. But, you know, I... My only thing that I would try to do every single day is to wake up every single day to become a better man or a better person than I was the day before. Um, so leading off on that, though, is like the biggest thing I would tell to anybody watching this is, 
whenever you're on a path of doing something productive in life or going after things that most people can't do, they're always going to tell you that it can't be achieved. I don't care if it's your parents, friends, family, a teacher. It doesn't matter what it is. Ever since I was younger, I always had this dream, this vision of not just being a professional athlete, but being a professional fighter and being a world champion. Because that seems so impossible to so many people and it doesn't seem very realistic, everything about life is all about perspective. Like I had mentioned a moment ago, when you have your mind set up on something, every force on this earth could try to deter you and try to stop you from achieving your your end goal. And your, But nothing in this world can stop you from achieving your destiny. Nobody can ever stop God's plan for your life. Just because you were born to be great at something that I was, I look at every single one of us in life was born. God didn't make no mistakes. Every single one of us was born in life to be great at something. You just have to find out what that something is. And once you do, I don't care who doesn't believe in you, believe in yourself wholeheartedly and know that you can overcome anything that comes your way because in order to turn other people into believers, you have to start off by believing in yourself first. So with that said, if you ever have a dream and a vision of achieving something, no matter how impossible it may be, no matter how big it may be, put your head down, surround yourself around people that are ultimately going to push you towards that direction and create a plan of knowing what you have to do to get there. That's great. That's awesome. Why are we here? We don't. I know. Didn't, I mean, he didn't Blake's trying to take the podcast over. <laughs> Definitely not. That's okay. You know, honestly, he doesn't need the, us for this interview. I know. In the past, um, Deb and I have had issues with my mic, and so I've threatened to fire her. So if you're ever available, oh, I'm, you might be a better co-host. Possibly. I've already given my two weeks though. Ooh, like, she was gonna quit before I fired her. So. <laughs> hey, hey, you're so fired. You're rehired. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Hey, man, you said in that, in that last final thought, too, God's plan. That might be yeah. your uh, life song, Little Drake. What's that? God's yeah, plan. You mentioned that a couple times. Oh, now. yeah. So that could be that life song going back to the warm-up question. There you go. So, yeah. man, you got options. So, okay, so uh, where can they follow you? And then one more time, uh, all that fight information, where they can see it and where they can buy tickets. So, again, the fight uh, that I'll be headlining will be Friday, October 25th in Reno, the Silver Legacy Casino Resort and Hotel. Uh, we'll be fighting with Joey Gilbert and Roy Jones Jr. Promotions on UFC Fight Pass, um, which people can watch either on TV or the sh- live streaming network. And if people wanted to follow me, they can look me up on the internet or Facebook as Blake McKernan, or look me up on Instagram as Blake the Beast, and also reach out to me on social media platforms to purchase tickets. Sweet. Yeah. Make sure you do Boom. that. Make sure you follow them. Deb, where yes. can they follow us? You guys can follow us on Twitter at Sports Character. Instagram at Character Combine, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Boom. All right, man. We appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you. No doubt. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks.